Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs, the only watch podcast that knows when reason fails, the devil helps. You have made it all the way to episode 197. Mike, how the fuck are you doing? How are you doing? What are you wearing? Who are you wearing? We should do uh, red carpet intros. Who are you wearing, Michael? Givenchy, Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a I'm wearing a gucky, gucky, a gucky, uh, a gu- gucky and a coach. Instantly uh, barred from the red carpet ceremony at every every event. You think we'll ever make it to the red carpet? Anything? Yeah, to sweep it. We'll we'll be sweeping it afterwards. Yeah, it's a good call. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they'll put us in the jumpsuits that Slipknot wears on stage, and we'll just be sweeping, <laughs> sweeping the red carpet afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure they had. I'm sure they had some some red carpet stuff. They did. I mean, maybe if it was like an ironic blood red carpet, the Slipknot <laughs> Blood Red Carpet Awards, and it's just like you know what I mean, or whatever. I mean, I haven't they won Grammys and shit? Yeah, ironically, it's actually really interesting. They've somehow been able to maintain this like fuck them, I don't give a shit. But I'm just like, you're all millionaires. Like yeah. that doesn't compute to me. It's like, oh man, it's just tough. We're living in the dirt and playing. Me- you're all millionaires though. <laughs> But they still hit. They somehow made it work. Smart bastards. Nice. You know what I mean? Telling you, man. But here, let us fucking do this. Episode 197. You have made it. All of you have made it. To the Q&A special. Michael and I do a few of these every now and then. And every now and then I mean, I think, twice? Out of of about 200 episodes. We don't do Q&A specials very much. But we thought leading up to episode 200... It'd be fun to do a Q&A special. Episode 200 is going to be crazy, man. Yeah, still have to do some some brainstorming for that one, but, you know, it's, it's all good. Human sacrifice. I mean, I'm always down for a party. I'm always down for a I mean. tiki, tiki torches, drinks. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You know what we should do? Episode 200. Episode 200. We should do an unironic, start to finish, verbal read, like verbal, verbal, like acting out of 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 Macbeth. Like we get people to play parts. We go through all the acts. So like, sure. the show just starts. It's just like it's like hey, they're like hey, this is Kaz. You made it episode two hundred two. But watch this podcast, and then boom, it cuts to the guards in the front of the castle walls. They're talking about ghosts and shit. You know what I'm I mean? sure we can probably find a podcast that has done that. No, we can. We have to do it our way, Michael. <laughs> Just split it into like ten parts. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Are you kidding uh, me? Q and A Pat- special. No, that's that's for patrons only. That's for patrons only. I, that feels like something that that would be that we use to punish people. So maybe it's for non-patrons. So it's if hilarious if that's the niche that we fall into. Like we do that, and then we're just like swimming in cash. You're just Patreon. swimming in cash. I've come to the very interesting realization lately that this is, and this is probably something we should have talked about in episode two hundred. I think we're always going to be the punk rock watch podcast. In that. It's never going to be what you and I only ever do. Like this is, right. we've talked about this privately a bunch, like TBWS, oh, it's going to be like our sole income, blah, blah, blah. And like, I was thinking about it earlier this week and I'm like, and this is so cliched me to say, but it would ruin everything. Yeah, I have some, I have some pretty strong thoughts about that, that kind of um, approach and, and what it does to the hobby and how you, yeah. um, how you approach it. And it's just, 
it makes me go through a whirlwind of emotions when I think about it. But my big <laughs> thing is it would ruin the podcast. Yeah. The our 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 the shows we record are the way they are because we work day jobs and then this is Michael and I catching up over the weekend with a beer or a coffee. I'm drinking coffee. It's fucking Sunday morning right now. You know what I mean? I should this, have started with beer. The, <laughs> this dynamic wouldn't work if we were doing it on like a Thursday at like 2 p.m. It's like, okay, now we got a pen. Then it would be, hello, this is Michael. Hey, this <laughs> this is Kaz. You are listening to Two Broke Wash Knobs. And today... We have Oris on the show. It would be like, I take pride in being the only watch podcast not sponsored by Oris right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I love the brand. I love the brand. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's just kind of a thing. <laughs> I just like that we're the only watch podcast that's not fucking sponsored by Oris Watches <sighs> and the bear. The whatever. The, I almost said the masturbating bear, but that was an old Conan bit. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I think when things open up again, we can... <clears throat> I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> Never mind. Do we have to do any more heavy edits on that? I loved your edit last. I was oh. about to confess to a crime. <laughs> Please don't do, because if you do that, then we then we become like the guys. People at home are just like, oh, the criminal's so dumb. He left his sweater on the doorknob, or just like, oh, he he posted it to social media. Let's not be those guys. All right. Yeah, I purposely made that a very rough and awkward edit. <laughs> But that's my point. I don't. The show can't grow because if yeah. it does, you guys at home, you guys and gals at home are going to suffer because the show, yeah. the podcast is going to get fucking boring. And every week it's going to be a guest that's like clearly a brand sponsor. And it's just like, oh, Mr. So-and-so, CEO, blah, blah, blah. Tell us when you did the greatest thing ever by releasing the new Heritage Diver. Well, it was an incredible experience designing the divers. And it's just going to be 45 <laughs> minutes of that. A 45-minute uh, commercial. I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've had a guest on, and I think that's part of our, yeah, if our you, hesitation. If, if you guys noticed at home, we haven't had a guest on in a while purposefully because yeah. it's just, I don't, it's very hard for that to be fun content. The guests that we have had on, with the exception of a couple who I won't name, have been incredible. It was incredible having Michael Happy from Gavox on. It was incredible having Steve Laudlin on. You know what I mean? But those yeah. were so long ago. Mm -hmm. Long ass time ago. But here, let's do this. You guys want to hear about, emotion, about my emotions. I mean, you do, but it's different. Let's uh, let's get on with the show. Let's get through some of these initial items as quickly as possible because we got a fuck ton of questions. I, I posted like not even that long ago. People like 12 just, hours ago. Like, yeah. like, yeah, it must have been I, I, actually less less than 12 or about 12 hours ago. I'm looking at the time now. Like, hey, we're doing a Q&A special. Submit your questions. And we just got flooded. With fucking, mm -hmm. I forget people listen to the show. Yeah. You know what's funny? My parents still don't know. Michael, I was in the New York Times and I can't tell my parents. How great <laughs> is that? How great is that? There's, uh, there's stupid, you gotta confess, you gotta come out one day. On my deathbed. <clears throat> I won't have, I won't have heart gushing confessions of love on my deathbed. It will be, mom, dad. I'm Cass from Two Work Watch Snobs, and then the air will leave me, and that will be it. And they'll look at each other and say, "The fuck is Two Work Watch Snobs?" I'm I'm there too. I just, you're, yeah, I you're just, there too. I sneak in in scrubs as a doctor in disguise, and I slip your dad a hard drive what? and just put it in his briefcase. <laughs> Why are you Jason boarding my dad TBWS secrets? Just 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 hand them. You can just hand. Come on, man. 
<laughs> you know? Uh, who is here, this Hispanic man? I thought I gave him... <laughs> But he was at the ballet. <laughs> Michael, they live in Miami. He would never ask. They'd just be like, who, who is this man? He's just, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. That's who, true. Is, who is this orderly? <laughs> uh, orderly in the hospice. I also enjoy how in this vision, I'm dying before my parents. I think that's my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> how did that work out? <laughs> this is luck, man. Cash luck. But here, Michael, let's fucking do this. I'm getting very distracted. Would you like to do for the 197th time... Would you like to do an audio wrist check with me? Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you got? Um, I have to look it up because I think I forgot the name of this brand. Very good. Uh, it's funny. I put it on. Okay. Yes. So this is the clone of the Benris Type One or uh, Type Two, Type One, Type Two. One of the one of the Benris types. Okay. Uh, made by a company called Time Arrow. I don't know anything about the guy. He's got like a hundred something followers on Instagram. I think based out of Florida. I saw it on eBay for not much, and uh, we snagged it, and it's pretty awesome. I it, I I took a gamble on it, thinking that I was gonna get it, and it was gonna turn out like a Tiger Concepts kind of mess. Right. Um, so wait, wait is this like, is, is this another one? So this is the same one you had before, right? Or did you get another one? No, no, this is this is the same. This Sweet. is the same one I got a little while ago. But I, I just I decided to wear it um, throughout the week, you know, just to. I don't know. Uh, evaluated a little bit more, and I okay. think I think I'm about a month in with this watch, and it's kind of cool. It's not it, the casework is actually pretty impressive for like 250 bucks. The dial isn't crummy. Right. Case back. You can't screw. You can't unscrew the case back with your fingers. Um, you know, I, I, t- I tell folks we're looking at you, Tiger Concept. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna cut deep for some people, but I yeah, the bezel. Yeah, kind of wobbly but that's fine you know you just you set it where you want it you get that te- second time zone yeah you're not um, timing your dials you're timing cookies and mouthwash with it that's that's it you know what i mean yeah i felt cool because i i had to do some work with uh, somebody on the team this past week in in dublin okay uh and i'm not smart enough for that kind of time math <laughs> time so, math dude so i'm just thinking man i gotta be awesome and wear a watch that does the time zone thing and this is the one that i did um the i think i think overall it's great i don't again i don't know much about the movement it's apparently a chinese <laughs> it's a chinese miyota copy it's one of the it's actually, one of the dg whatever yes, numbers. yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the dg 2813 i think it, yeah I think, that I, I think that's literally the same movement that was in the tiger concept it's not bad i mean no, I, I don't i, I don't know if, i don't think it's regulated or anything like that i'm sure it's just dropped in here or whatever um the loom awful sucks but that's <laughs> fine i'm not i'm not crawling through the swamp in the middle of the night waiting to assassinate somebody um i think these were i think are, these were are, issued to are you nuts okay <laughs> to, to <laughs> soldiers and stuff right um but yeah it's it's a big a plus for me and uh i think you know this thing still hacks and winds the crown doesn't feel like i'm you know stepping on baby turtles when i screw it in <laughs> um i don't know it's it's like a solid solid b plus yeah that's fair much. and the, for the price you paid i think that's okay and it, it, i kind of i this this space of I, i've really been liking these these um asymmetrical benris style divers you know marathon makes one that's 
you know, a resin case. Yeah. Apparently they're going to come out with a stainless steel one next year with quartz. I, I'll probably pick that up, but it's kind of tough to pick something up um, like this now without going for like a Mark two or mm. the bill, the bill Yao design. Right. Uh, because he's out of stock a lot of times. And you know, those, those are, I think they start around 800 or so. Um, or you can get an older, you know, original Benris that that can be a couple thousand. Well, wow. or if if you do the Adanax or whatever, um, even those can be eight hundred around there, just maybe just below a thousand. So, I don't know. I, I was just really pleased to find a stainless steel option that was just really cheap. If I change anything about this watch, it would just be to put a quartz movement in there. You know? Remind me, is there did that come with a bracelet or just come on like a strap? It it came on like a. Uh, he sent it to me. He sent it to me with a weird, like leopard print. Strap. What the fuck? Ugh. I don't know if it was leopard print or camo or something like that. If it was camo, it was really bad camo that looked like leopard print. But I basically got the watch. I I, I took the watch head out of the packaging and I threw everything else away. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so I have it. I have it on a, on a blue shark nice. right now. And it's uh yeah I, I dig it good good weekend watch that's awesome that good job is... time arrow whoever you are wherever you are I, I don't it's a mystery wasn't he the guy in um what was it Punta Gorda it's, yeah shipped from Punta Gorda there's like some guy out there making these or he's taking them in whoever you are you're doing God's work you want to send me another one <laughs> <laughs> oh man um. Oh, is it Michael? Yeah, yeah. What do you got? I am wearing, for a very specific reason, talking about Loom, I am wearing my Timex MK1 Quartz Chronograph. The Timex MK1 collection um, is a series of Timex pieces that are kind of inspired by the sort of short-lived mil-spec time span where Timex made, I think, one or two resin case models for, I think, the Marines in like the 70s or 80s or something like that. Uh -huh. um, so that's just another feather in Timex's cap as far as I'm concerned because people are like man Timex stinks got no history yeah you don't know what the fuck you're talking about okay I feel like I've been seeing more of those on the Instagram lately and I think it's your fault why do I ruin everything have you noticed that <laughs> I ruined big zeros apparently I ruined the SNKs because I talked about it the last episode and the prices jumped up on them now I've ruined the Timex MK1 chronos yeah, you're you're the John Mayer of affordable watches. You talk about something, and then, you know, boom. My dad was right. Everything I touch crumbles to dust. <laughs> As I left home, he called out from down the street, "Everything you love, you'll destroy." And then, you know, that was that was that was the last image I had of him. In my review mirror. Is it right before you went to college? Is right before I went to. <laughs> <laughs> everything you love you'll destroy just like me and then that was the loud that was the last i ever heard from him that's a terrible thing to say that, that's not that's not the last thing my father ever your said wedding. i know he was, he's fine he's we all get along great <laughs> oh man but yeah i'm wearing the time xmk1 chronograph um for a very specific reason a to reinforce um, it's okay to buy it's so weird I still have to keep doing this it's okay to buy a Timex because every time 
I feel like most people, when they see a Timex, be like, oh, man, that's a really cool-looking watch, but I can't buy a Timex. That'll, like, immediately bring down my orological street cred. I got a Timex. It's like, it's like for the most part, I'll say 99% of the time, the only people who care about the size of penises is other men. Uh, other men. You know what I mean? It's really you you have to worry about, and it's your own prejudices that you have to, like, your orological street cred... No one gives a fuck about that except you. I can confirm. I, th- I think about penises a lot. A lot. And an inordinate amount of my time is spent on penises. That's just the reality. <laughs> I, want somebody, uh, I want somebody to just take that clip and, and ruin me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's just going to take that out of context and I don't know, turn me into a GIF meme or something. Too good, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, but the point is... Timex is a an American brand. It's a brand that puts a lot more effort and fucking time into their designs than I think people really give them credit for, mm-hmm. um, because they're able to pull from such rich orological history where they can do the Timex MK1 collection, which kind of pays homage to their time with the uh, with like offering some uh, I forgot the actual mil spec number, but mil spec pieces for the U.S. military. They're able to take that design. And essentially do, I'll call it a vintage military reissue, but one that's not trying to actually look like a vintage military reissue. It's clearly inspired by that design. You know what I mean? It never tries to be anything that it's not. I have a quartz chronograph MK1. Mm -hmm. That does not compute for any sort of of mil-spec design. There are no quartz chrono mil-specs, unless I'm totally wrong. All the mil-specs I've seen are three-handers. Seiko made some mil-spec quartz chronos. In the... uh, Oh, 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 are those the ones that Dan was going for? Like the ones from the 60s and 70s? Or this this is different? Um, Yeah, those are the ones that he was going for. So cool. How's Dan doing? I haven't talked to him in a while. Sure, he's great. Sure, he's great. He's living it up, dude. You know? <laughs> He's living it up, man. Um, but like that's but like my my point is it's okay to buy Timex because I would argue Timex gives more of a shit about their watches than a lot of micro brands. Mm-hmm. A lot of micro brands treat what they're doing as like a revenue endeavor, just yeah. expanding their portfolios. They're you know what I mean? Regardless of all the stuff around there, and you can say, oh, but I met the guy wind up and he was so nice. Yeah, he could still be doing this for money. I didn't say he wasn't nice. I just said he's doing it for money. <laughs> Which is something wrong with. Everyone deserves to get paid, but it's the idea of like, oh, this is a micro brand. It's a small owner. I'd rather pay 700 bucks for a micro brand than spend 70 bucks on a Timex because the micro brand has more orological oomph behind it. No, it doesn't. Mm. I don't think so. That's stupid. But plenty of people think that. So I'm telling everyone here right now, and I'm making it a point to insult the audience as much as I can in every episode. If you think that, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> okay. <sighs> oh, yeah, a Timex MK1. The reason I'm also wearing this is because let's talk about Indiglo. Do you want to talk... Mac, do you want to talk about the mail? Mac, I'm dying to talk about the mail. Do you want to talk about Indiglo, <laughs> Michael? Oh, of course. So I found, after digging for a long time, a piece... Uh, it's an article on the, whew, here we go, Department of Physics, the University of Illinois at Urbana. Wow. Talking, this... I know, talking to um, a Timex rep 
about the specific patent behind Indiglo and how Indiglo actually works. I was digging this up because I'm working on my MK1 review. This is um, an excerpt taken from that piece. So I'll share the link here. Let me just share the link with you, Michael. That way you have it. So when you do the show notes, you can just, you know where to grab this thing. And then I'll read the excerpt. Excerpt. Excerpt? Whatever. Who cares? Uh, okay. Bam. Timex received the patent for the Indigo Nightlight in 1988. The nightlight's bluish-green light illuminates the entire dial of the watch evenly at the push of a button. Now, here's where it gets interesting, and here's where it gets fucking orologically fucking badass. The dial is coated with a compound of zinc sulfide mixed with copper, a substance which becomes luminescent when an electrical charge is applied. This <laughs> layer is sandwiched between two conductive layers which act as electrodes. So when the button is pushed, energy is supplied by the battery across the two electrodes, which in turn lights up the dial, which is co coated with that copper sulfide mix. That's fucking awesome. Sounds like a lot of stuff I don't know about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, 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 principle, <laughs> the principle is pretty basic. So it's just like you have a power source, it's your battery, and you have, let's just say, two metal plates, which are... which 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 hold and can transfer uh, uh, like an electric charge. Between those two plates, I put my dial, and my dial is coated with a substance that turns, that illuminates when electricity hits it. If I put it between those two pieces of metal and then charge those two pieces of metal, electricity is gonna pass between those two pieces and hit my dial in the middle, which is what's gonna charge, which is what's gonna cause the this, this copper sulfide material to actually, or this zinc sulfide mixed with copper material to actually essentially illuminate you know yeah, what the I mean? color is so consistent too that's that's pretty cool yeah that's <clears> fucking <throat> awesome dude fuck luminova right <laughs> fuck super luminova i don't know about that <laughs> i think this is fucking super cool <laughs> and especially on mine on mine is badass because i have all like all the chronograph registers on there so when i when i light it up like when i'm in the bathroom or when i'm in like a dark hallway or whatever it yeah. looks really 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 fucking cool so I just wanted to share that with people. I thought that was awesome. It took me forever to find this fucking thing. Department of Physics, University of Illinois, Urbana campaign, Champaign. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not from fucking Illinois. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. Shocker. 2017, 2007, 2003. It's just so cool. And they have like a little diagram. Yeah, I see it. So, so that's for you guys to mentally nosh on. Um, the next time, excuse me, as I burp, the next time you think Indiglo is like a... Oh, it's just, it's just lame. You just push a button and, and the fucking light turns on. Yeah, no, okay? I want to see you come up with Indiglo out of nothing. <laughs> Make your own. Make your own. Come up with something that no one's ever thought of. And then see how you feel when people say, I could have thought of that. No, you couldn't. <laughs> what a stupid thing to say to someone. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, man, the remote control. I could have thought of that. No, you couldn't. <laughs> Don't say stupid things. How dare you? <laughs> Ugh. But here, Michael, let's do this. Good wrist check. Housekeeping. Ooh. Hey, Michael, so there's a brand out there. There's a brand new brand. We got this review on the site for them. I don't know if you heard about them. Have you heard of Halios? Have you heard of the small... It's a new brand. Uh, it's not very well known. Hal Halios. Halios? How do you say that? Yeah, eBay always auto-corrects it for me to Helios. 
Is that the one? I think it's the one. So there's this new brand out there called Halios. Um, okay, I'm, 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 I will cease being facetious. Uh, uh, <laughs> TVWS contributor extraordinaire, aggressive timing habits, aka Bo, has a review on twobookboxstops.com right fucking now for the Halios Fairwind. Um, obviously, this one's been a long time coming. You and I interacted with one of the with one of the prototype iterations uh, at Wind Up 2019. Yeah. You took this great photo of it. I included it here in the piece, but go and check it out. It's on tubebookwashnaps.com. It's the main feature on the site. It's going to be the main feature on the site on the homepage probably for a while just because this is a piece that, um, I mean, obviously. Might be, might obviously, be the first review, actually. Is it? That's cool. I don't know. Like I said, like I said, I've I've given up. I've given up the, with the idea of this being like we're gonna be the next big thing in Orlando. It's just stupid. That's dumb. Let's just be two guys who hang out and happen to record it. I like it. I like that. That sounds so much nicer. You know. God. But yeah, go and check it out. It's actually he has very beautiful photos. My favorite photo of Bose on here. If you go to the, and I want everyone home to go to the article and look for it. If you go to the case section, case, flat, low, sharp edges, yeah. the first photo there. It's pretty good. Pretty wild. Great fucking, that's a great photo. That gives me an excellent idea of the side profile and the case and like the lug profile of this fucking watch. Has a micro ever done something like that? Like that beveling that, that almost converges as you get closer to the... <sighs> Maybe that's that's pretty sharp, man. I don't know, honestly. Sub sub one thousand dollar watch. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. I mean, there's 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 there's, there's no denying it. I know people get on our case because we did the uh, what we did. We did like a watch hype episode, and we said Halios is are overhyped or something. Um, I think many of you people, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume ninety nine percent of you English isn't your first language. Overhyped does not mean bad. <laughs> yes. Overhypes just means everyone's talking about it and everyone automatically assumes it's good. I think Halios is awesome. I think what they're doing is great. I think it's overhyped. Yeah. You know? I mean, hopefully, hopefully with... Um, I think what he's been doing lately to clean up the order process and everything, I'm sure I'm sure we'll, we'll see Halios uh, further democratized and available and maybe people won't be just... Um, Horrible? Price, yeah, price gouging and they were being awful. They were so horrible when the site went down um, during the e-commerce experience. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah. He's just a guy. He's a guy doing a thing. <laughs> you're just you're you're like sports fans who love a team when they're great but hate them when they're bad. Why don't you love them always? He's got bicep curls to do, damn it. I know, right? It's a strict <laughs> regiment to keep that bod rock hard, okay? <laughs> <laughs> in addition to that Halios Fairman's review check out the new addition to the Balance Cock Bugle which is basically our version of the Onion please do not think any of the articles uh, on the Balance Cock Bugle are real uh, although this one does sound very real uh, actually so are, uh, did you see it in front of you Michael uh, in, the, in the Balance Cock Bugle section uh, the one, the Tag Heuer one? Yep, Tag Heuer drops tag from name by popular demand. And then the little blurb here um, is a quote from, from Mr. Biver. They simply resign themselves to understanding that, in general, they have no idea what they're doing or how to market themselves. <laughs> Again, this is not real. This is the onion. This is the our version of the onion. I also <laughs> want to give myself uh, photo credits. I spent a long time 
on that photo. <laughs> this guy again looking at the uh... tag Hoyer. Tag Hoyer equals no money, but Hoyer equals money. Been way it's too nice, long, man. Nice sweater. <laughs> oh man. Oh, let's see here. What else is going on? Um, in addition to that, do you want to spend two seconds talking about this this fake Rolex thing? Yeah, so on the on the Slack channel, I guess, um, you know, we we saw some some news about a uh, fake Daytona that was up on the website of a pretty reputable dealer. Actually, somebody that I recommend pretty constantly. Yeah, same. And I've recommended them before. I, I don't even H- fucking like HQ Rolex. Milton. Yeah, and I'll just let's let's give them the credit. Um, you know, this is this is what they came out with. Uh, it's a little lengthy, but I think it's worth just listening to. So recently, we took in a vintage Daytona on consignment. This piece was not 100% correct. I'm horrified and embarrassed that I did not realize this immediately. Mm. We clearly missed some details. The watch has been unpublished and will be returned to the owner immediately. Having sold tens of thousands of pieces over the years, it disturbs me greatly that we did not instantly see this as not 100% correct. We work extremely diligently to provide excellent timepieces and pride ourselves on quality, authenticity, and customer satisfaction. Fortunately, the watch was not sold. The piece has been unpublished. We will be even more diligent in examining our pieces in the future. So, It's a fair response. I mean, I think it's a fair response. I think it came from Scott. He's like, you know, one of the original halves of HQ Milton. Um and when he says like thousands of pieces they really have sold so many freaking rolexes and rolex is just (sighs) rolex is such a minefield to begin with and i always i always tell people that i can count on one hand the people that i trust with you know either modern rolex or vintage rolex and you know hq milton is one of them but dude i i think i think this you can trace this piece back to antiquorum which is a huge auction house and they have teams looking at these things and they have had way more embarrassing uh, mishaps than, than this HQ Milton thing. Yeah. And I like anything else, it's, it's how you handle it. Um, again, like he said, it's, it's, it's a great thing that it was not sold. That would have been, that would have been way, way worse. Um, I'm just grateful that it was caught yeah. and uh, I'm grateful that they owned up to it so quickly. Oh Yeah. The response, um, the response was great, and to their credit, like you said, they have sold tons and tons of Rolexes. I still, I, I still feel confident recommending yeah. them. I've recommended them before. I think it's I don't even like or buy Rolex, but when people are like, "Hey, do you know a good place for me to buy or find like a cool used Rolex?" I usually always say HQ Milton or 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 um, Tropical or Tropical watches. How the fuck you say it now? Tro- tropical watches. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's funny, there's um, somebody else that we talk about sometimes, mostly in, in the Panerai space, uh, Periscope mm-hmm. uh, on Instagram. He He's very, very critical of Panerai, uh, but a huge Panerai fan and also, um, you know, vintage Rolex. And apparently the only, according to him, the only original part is the small red service dial. Wow. Which is a, a big yikes. Uh, I guess, and he's got some photos of the case back, or actually some photos between the lugs, um, where you see the six two six two. Guess looks like the movement was uh, was changed in some way. 
uh, and it, you can also take a look at the inside of the case back where he gives you a comparison between so is this Frank, fake one and the real one. Is this Franken or fake? I think it's Frankened. Okay. I think the, I think the, I would. The two I would for me are different. Yeah. Which I I think is arguably when you get into vintage Rolex, I think it's arguably even more common. Yeah. I mean, you had that whole case with John Mayer and his dealer where. It wasn't that they were fake watches. It's that they had non-original parts. Like the balance cock was like non-original. Yeah. Or so, something super minute. But I guess when you're paying a fuck ton of money, you know, those things matter. Yeah, yeah. But you have to also think of what happened to these watches back when they were... You know, I mean, Daytonas were just vastly unpopular to begin with. So yeah. somebody probably brought this into, I don't know... Uh, a street watchmaker right <laughs> like somebody in their garage just fixing things and like, ah, this is trash this is trash this is trash they throw all this shit out and they put some parts in there and there you i mean your rolex comes out and it still works so yeah. that's why fair condition rolex and um original parts are so hard to find they were never really treated as grails or anything worth collecting especially daytonas yeah. <laughs> especially daytonas so. Uh, but you know, I, I personally, I, I have, we talked about the, the five digit no date sub that I used to have, uh, that was a purchase from HQ Milton. Yep. So I, I had a great experience. I think this stuff is always bound to happen even with some of the best of the best. Um, but happy to see that they owned up to it, took the thing down and that they'll be more uh, careful in the future. Yeah, I still have confidence in them. And the thing is, I think if anything, like, yeah, that's it's a learning experience. Now they know to just be super, super regimented and strict with stuff like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, so, pretty interesting. Definitely. But yeah, Definitely. I, saw, I saw that on the TBWS Slack. If you guys want access to the TBWS Slack, it is available through a Patreon tier. You go to patreon.com slash twobookwatchnobs opt into the hanging watch dong tier um and you can jump in here it's great uh, everyone in here, everyone in here is incredible you know we do daily wrist checks and it's just it's fun it's just fun you know? and i learned about it from these guys on here so uh bu- 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 here let's do this michael i've tried to leave as much time as i can <laughs> shall we for questions questions and answers how do you want to do this where do you which one do you want to start at um Let's see. Oh, this is an interesting one, actually. So I guess, because I'm not sure what order they appeared on your screen. I have one here who, this person's icon, it's all the way on the left on my screen, or on the right, their icon just says stay at home. Let's see. I might be looking at it backwards. Yeah, I think it might have gone to you backwards. Hmm. Let me just screenshot what I'm looking at to you. Oh, let me, let me go all the way. Okay, okay, I I see. So you're starting at the very beginning, but yeah, on the other side. Okay, yeah, I see this. I see this. Shall we do um, this one first? This question? This, this, this is a fine question. So favorite field watch not made by Hamilton? Asked by Instagram user uh, watchmaker's daughter, watchmaker's dot daughter. Yeah. Uh, asked favorite field watch, not made by Hamilton. I love the qualifier. Not cause everyone would be like, Oh, khaki. Oh yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's knee jerk reactions. You'd be khaki. Um, let me think actually. Field watch. 
even though I have not interacted with one yet, and I would love to one day, I think those Bertucci um, titanium ones for like a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. I think those are really interesting. Oh yeah, as far as field watches go, and they're not going to be like a Hamilton khaki price, which is I guess anywhere from what like four to eight hundred bucks or something. Actually, the khaki mechanical has gone down. There was some nice. some crazy, crazy hype uh, when they first came out, and you couldn't get them and stuff. But I was looking at eBay the other day, and you can, um, I think, for around like three fifty, you can get mm. one three sixty, something like that. Nice. That's awesome, yeah. actually. And I'll go hand winding, um, but you can get these quartz as well. I really like the marathon um, hand yep. winding. They call it the general purpose watch uh, with tritium. And on Long Island Watch now, actually, you can get it for two eighty eight. It's really cool. It's kind of similar in shape to that that Bertucci, um, and they also have some with these funkier, even more military looking cases with high torque uh, quartz. Um, so yeah, actually, I think Marathon makes some pretty cool field watches, oh, and yeah. that's a space of field watch history that I think. Uh, gets pretty interesting if you dig into it hell yeah i'll also i just want to throw into mine as well i'll throw literally the timex mk1 i'm wearing right now oh yeah yeah <laughs> this is got a, some some field watch vibes this yeah. is, this is yeah, so, so those are our answers uh bertucci um your marathon and then this timex mk1 great question uh watchmakers dot daughter mm. uh we'll put the one next to it because we i actually do have an answer to why we didn't do this Oh, so why do you miss Apocalypse Watches Quarantine Edition? Because it's point. Because it's fucking inappropriate. Yeah, <laughs> it's not not exactly the most optimistic topic. What kind right of now. question is that? People are <laughs> sick and dying, and they're at home, and they're scared. And I'm gonna sit here and make light of it, but like, this is the best watch to be quarantined with. Because some of these fucking other websites and shit did that. It's like, do you know this is a fucking real thing? You know what I mean? I, I remember when this this started. Um, you know, we were talking about the. The trade shows uh, being canceled and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. and some publications were, I don't know, making jokes about COVID and not necessarily approaching it the way that, I guess, expecting that it would become what it has become. Uh, and I, I remember slacking you saying that I think we can write about this as long as we don't take the stupid position that some other publications are. Uh, yeah. Because you'd be locked in your house with he he fucking stupid ass webs. This, <laughs> I've how seen how that. stupid is that shit? I've seen that. So to answer your question, Jacob.ebs, we didn't do an Apocalypse Watch Quarantine Edition because it's just fucking inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. We're not one of these fucking watch blogs that's starving for content that will write about anything. Yeah. We're a little more selective about the shit that we write about. So I'm not mad at you, I'm mad at the other watch blogs, Jacob. Yes, just to clarify. Um, Oh, God damn it. (sighs) What about the one right underneath Watchmaker's Daughter? (laughs) We're literally just talking about this. (laughs) I lost it. I lost it. Okay, so this is from M.W. Hunsaker. Do you think TBS... Michael Hunsaker. Huh? Michael Hunsaker. Oh, 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 long-time listener. Long-time listener. Do Do you think TBS has had an impact on the watch world? And if so, what has it been? Yes. I'm huh. I'm sorry for ruining the Big Zero. Like legitimately, for a long time, I refused to believe because the Big Zero was the Big Zero, and then I started yeah. talking about it, and then I started wearing it and taking photos of it, and now every fucking week I have people emailing me, "Hey, is my Big Zero real? I'm going to save at least 400 of you, 35 minutes." No, <laughs> it's not real. 
Uh, you know what yeah, I'm saying? That's a good point. I, I didn't think about that. I don't know if... Um... And the watch fast. I get really annoyed when the I see... watch fast is a thing, yeah. When I see other, like... It's pretty signature. Other podcasts and other shows talk about the watch fast. And I know this is very petty of me, but I don't give a fuck because I'm a petty person. <laughs> and not attribute it to us. Michael, that's our thing. It is. It's special. I'm tired of people stealing our, our shit. Night. <laughs> it's our date night. That's that's our carbonara, car- carbonara and white wine night. Okay, that's our date night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I get very pissed off when I see people steal our ideas, whether knowingly or unknowingly. If it's yeah. unknowingly, it's a little more forgivable, but it's just a result of the fact that. People just don't credit shit back to us. But I mean, you know, it, it is whatever. So Michael Hunsaker, to answer your question, um, I think it, for me, I'll say the big zero slash Soviet watch thing. I think we've put Soviet watches on a lot of people's radar when it wouldn't have been there before. Um, and for good reason. So as, as a collecting niche for the vintage watch market, Soviet watches are fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, but I they all are also very unforgiving. So, so do your research before you fucking buy anything, and don't email me. For God's sakes, I'm joking. You guys can email me if you want. <laughs> you can email me if you want, but no, it's gonna take me forever to get back to you. Um, Just know that we uh, have recently had a special folder created. <laughs> my 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 wife is helping us organize all of our our entire inbox, and she literally had to create a folder that just says Big Zero. <laughs> All the big zero emails go in this. That way I can just go and check it out once every couple of days. Like, okay, good. Okay, now I know I don't have to dig past all the stupid fucking undone emails. I can just find the big zero emails that I need to answer. Perfect. You know? I kind of imagine you as the knight and like the end of Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. But it's, instead of somebody like choosing a cup, they keep bringing you cups. Like, no, this one's not real. This This is not a wise choice. But one day in your old age when you're just hiding in a cave someone's going to show you a big zero and i think it's going to be real and you're going to lose your shit you have bid wisely (laughs) (laughs) that's going to be that's going to be my dying breath admitting to my parents by two broke wash knobs (laughs) telling someone their big zero is real no i will say of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of big zeros i've seen i actually did see a real one recently i think in total it's probably three now okay Three real big zeros. What a bummer. They're just so franken. Um, Yeah, and and, 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 buying old Daytonas is dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Any other uh, other thing pop into your head for um, MW Huntsucker's question here? No, I think think those are all good. Let's see. Anything else on this tile? I'm okay going to the next tile. Okay, so I'm going. Okay, so let's see. Let's look at this one. Um, we have like two price range ones at the very bottom, right? We're looking at the same one. Let me see. Yep. I think I think we can probably skip questions like that because they can spin out of control pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, what about <laughs> the first one? Just the first one. Uh, from the person who starts with the letter I? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do this here. Uh, I.Cortman is asking short-term, medium-term, and long-term watch-collecting goals for each of you. No cop-outs, grinny face. 
<sighs> you want to go first or shall I? Uh, yeah, I, I think I have these. So short term, I've really been thinking of a cheap way to mess with something gold tone. So I know there are some Seiko fives that are pretty cheap that are, are gold plated and stuff. I don't know. I'm just curious. So one, one day I might, I might kind of mess, mess with the idea of something gold tone, uh, see if I dig it or, or if I don't. And, um, that, that's actually a pretty good episode idea. Like what is the cheapest way to get into gold? Cause we've done affordable vintage wash watches, precious metals. Yeah. But, um, yeah, maybe there's something there. Medium term, I want to try a, a Flieger, maybe something from Laco or Stova. Mm. Uh, I've always wanted one of those in my collection, and I think potentially if it's really good, it can be a forever watch. Um, and then long term, I've said this before, very, very long term. <laughs> I mean, maybe over a decade long term. Uh, I do want to get into AP eventually. That would be crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. How many how many wrist how many wrist rolls would you do? How many wrist roll Instagram <laughs> stories would we see? I'd have to change my profile photo and everything. Maybe something from Scarface. I don't know. <laughs> An unironic photo, Tony Montana. Yep, I'll do it. I love it. Uh, so <laughs> short term, medium term, long. Um, okay, so short term for me, getting rid of watches. Mm. Um, That's a good one. I know I can do that quickly. And I'm going to do it. I have a couple. I have a couple options. So short term for me, getting rid of watches. I have too many watches, which are representative of a time when I was trying to discover myself as a watch collector, and some of them I just don't need anymore. Yeah. Medium term, I want to be more methodical about the Soviet watches that I pick up, that I buy, because of the collection that I have. Most of them actually aren't Soviet watches. I know a fuck ton about Soviet watches, and the pieces that I have are very specific. But I want to be more methodical in terms of a medium watch collecting goal about what I get to create timelines. I want the entire timeline of Polyot 3133s, how they started, where they ended up, where they are currently. Um, you know what I mean? I want the entire timeline of like Raketa Perpetual Calendars with all the different dollar variations. I want the entire timeline of the Polyot signals, all the different versions, all the shit. Like I want to create yeah. a much more methodical uh, collection, which leads me to my long-term watch goal. I want to catalog everything and create like an online resource. So kind of like what Mark Gordon had done, the late Mark Gordon had done with USSRtime.com or dot, mm -hmm. yeah, dot com. He had cataloged his entire collection of approximately or a little little over 2,000 watches um, to the best of his ability. Mark Gordon uh, passed it no longer with us. The site went down, uh, but some fans over at the Russian forum, for Watches Day forum, uh, were able to recover a lot of that content and then republish it on a website called ussrtime.info but I want to do it in a much more um, almost like a timeline fashion. The way Mark had organized his website wasn't the most user-friendly. It didn't feel very... I can't think of a less pretentious word, Michael, than academic. Like, I want... It was. It, it was like... It was like perusing a museum database, but what they use to actually keep track of exhibits internally. Yeah. With, like, internal reference numbers and... <laughs> It was just also a little chaotic for me. It was yeah. like trying to figure out like fridge, like a like a fridge magnets, like a like fridge fridge magnet filing system. Like I'm looking at the fridge, I see all the magnets. 
but I don't really understand. You know who, who has a website like that where they catalog stuff in a timeline? Um, Dan Henry. Dan Henry. His, Great example. Not, yes. Yeah. Not his. Not his. Not, not the e-commerce site. His collection but, site. Yeah. Yeah. You he know? does. He does this kind of like timeline thing, thing, and it's pretty cool. So that's my big long-term watch goal. I would love to do that and just feel very proud and charmed by every piece I have in my collection. Because mm-hmm. the majority of pieces I have now, I'm just like, yeah, it's definitely a watch, but I don't like, <laughs> you know? So, good question. Yeah. I, I dot Cortman. Let's see, what else is on it? God damn it. Should we, just, should, we just, should we just address the question next to it? Farlius? Farlius. Farlius, OGTBW's extraordinaire, has asked, how much dong would a woodchuck hang if a woodchuck could hang dong? So it is not it is not the it is not the dong that hangs. <laughs> it is the chuck that woods. It is the chuck that woods. <laughs> well my follow-up question is what's it wearing? What's it wearing? Yeah. Right? What is the woodchuck wearing? What's the woodchuck wearing? Coo coo. What's the best ka-choo. watch for chucking wood? Yeah. G shock. Right? I mean, I would imagine. You just ho- hose that shit off afterwards, you're good to go. Right? Yeah, this is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm gonna, we're going to have to drop this one. We're going to have to leave this one for the listeners to, to solve. Thanks for stumping us, Farlius. And then, and then you should DM Farlius a lot. Just about dongs? Just two cool dudes talking about dongs and beavers. Or not dongs and beavers, dongs and, dongs and beavers would make more sense than dongs and woodchucks. What is a woodchuck? I'm going to Google that. Is it kind of like a beaver? I think This, is, ha- a- this is happening. What is a woodchuck? What is a what is a woodchuck? Uh, between episode of a groundhog. Oh, kind of beaverish. <laughs> not at all. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's more like gopherish, vole. <laughs> oh boy! Welcome, guys. We've made the two broke rodent snobs, the only watch podcast that skews watch conversations and preference for what the fuck a woodchuck is. <laughs> the one just the the one just under his is pretty vast. Um, Ooh, yeah. What do you think? I can I, I yeah I can I can I can do this in very broad strokes, which should paint an appropriate enough you know uh, picture for me. So gear underscore plus underscore gadgets gear plus gadgets asks, what got you into collecting watches? Plus, what other things do you collect? So what got me into collecting watches is um, I have what I would constitute as a collector's mentality. I like objects which represent something larger than themselves, whether that's something in regards to a brand history or historical perspectives or something that's narrative driven. So for a long time, and this answers your second question, I collected comic books. Um, The idea of this almost shared mythos narrative that multiple writers can contribute to over the course of about a century was wildly fascinating to me. Like, wait a minute, you mm-hmm. mean someone was writing Silver Surfer comics 50 years ago and now someone's still writing them, but they're all part of the Silver Surfer story? You know what I mean? Like that aspect really, really fascinated me. And that same that same thread is what connects me to watch collecting. We were just talking about Soviet watches. I love all of the socioeconomical and even military history associated with Soviet watches. It's not just about the watch. Yeah. 
If you meet someone that just like, oh yeah, I like watches because I like the black dial, that guy's an idiot. It's not just about the watch. In my opinion, I'm sorry if I just called 80% of the people on the show on the show an idiot. It's it's in my opinion, it's very rarely about the watch. Whether people realize it or not, what you collect speaks to something that you find very valuable or something that you feel is intrinsic to yourself. So if you collect watches, maybe you like history, or maybe you like maybe you like fashion jewelry, which is totally legitimate. It's just a, good to be aware of it. You know, so it's never it's never just it's never just about the watch. Um, that's at least that's how like that's how I view you know collecting, and that's kind of how I got so hooked onto watches because it fed that sort of addiction. Yeah, I think that that collection mentality is a real thing. I mean, I yeah. I, I did it with guitars uh, probably more uh. than I should have when I realized that I could get some for free. Um, <laughs> but then I then I realized that I wasn't that good at guitar. <laughs> So I did it. I would do it with gear a lot, like mm. amps, pedals. I got into old silver tone, like Sears silver tone amps for a while. Yeah. Old Ampeg amplifiers. Um, it's just something, it's really a personality trait. And I think that's why we're both going to become these, eventually these old hermits that are just covered in junk. And <laughs> I don't know. Our families are going to have to have like a hoarder's intervention. Like they're going to walk in on me wearing like a muumuu and a lazy boy covered in like Timex. And we're like, get my house. Get oh, my I, house. I, I visualize the worst. I have completely alienated my family by this point. Everyone just hates me. And uh, Are we still I, doing I the show? Are we still doing the show? That's all I care about. <laughs> we're doing the show on, on like ham radio. I don't know. Why. It's the future, but it's going to be ham radio. I'll have become Orological Neckbeard. Cast the mic. Cast the mic. <laughs> What do you want to talk about this week? Oh, oh, boy. I like it. I like it, yeah. <laughs> can we do uh, Can we do the one next to it for a fun one? Uh, would you rather... Okay, so this comes from maybe my last watch. That's, yeah. I like that username. Uh, <laughs> would you rather only wear clothes covered in glitter or speak with an obvious accent? I would take the accent every day. Every day. Accent. Like, dude. Glitter. I mean, nobody's gonna want to hang out with you. You know, like let's not invite Mike to lunch. Glitter always gets in my salad. What I, I know, what I love about the accent one, I would choose every day to speak with an obvious accent because who the fuck's gonna call you out on that? Yeah, who's I mean, gonna take that? Like if I walk through and say hello, everyone. It is Kaz. I am here. I'd like it number two, no onion. Like who the fuck's gonna be like? Is that a fake Slavic? Like. No. I mean, best case scenario might end up being kind of sexy for your partner or... That you know. is not a sexy accent that I just did. <laughs> hey, I mean, people have their things, you know? Let me ask. You. Hey, babe. Yeah? Is my... <laughs> I love the way she said, yeah. Is my, is my fake Russian accent sexy? Michael wants to know. I'll take it over neckbeard anyway. She'll take it over neckbeard, she says. We're moving in the right direction. Well, this is forward. This is good. This, this is This is a sign of positive movement in negotiations. It's a sign that you should pick the accent over the glitter, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Uh, let's see here. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable moving to the next slide. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> One of our very own has asked a very benign question. I, I, I think so. I think it's a good one. Okay. Um, Would you like to do it or shall I? So Nisos1, um, our very own kind of 
social media wizard extraordinaire. Very Facebook own group. Benjamin. Benjamin has asked. Here, you, you're, you're, you're doing this question. Very simple. Mexican food or Chinese food? Um, I pick Mexican all the time. I don't know about you. It's tough because I... My craving, my 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 passionate craving for Chinese food, and when I say Chinese food, I mean Americanized like Chinese food. Yeah. yeah. My craving for Americanized Chinese food is far stronger than my craving for Mexican food. However, I get sick of Chinese food way faster, American Chinese food way faster than I do Mexican food. <clears throat> yeah, and you know, with me, it's it's a toss up because the the vegan thing. Yes. Because we've had instances where we'll find. Uh, a Chinese food place that we just love and we eat there all the time, get takeout, whatever. And then you find out that something the whole time has had, I don't know, oyster sauce. Right. Or, or like dairy nice. powder or some shit, you know? Right, right. And that's just way, way easier to avoid with, mm. with Mexican food, I think. I just don't think it's... I think at the very worst, the one thing that I would have to watch out for with Mexican food is sometimes beans are made with lard. Uh, but that's about the only thing I can think of. Yeah. So uh, I think I think we're in agreement. Mexican yeah. food. Yeah, I would go for Mexican. Yeah. And I, I, this also takes me back to our time in Hong Kong. Not necessarily Chinese food, but it's just funny that the most satisfying meal to us at Excellent that time Mexican was food. a Mexican restaurant. In that Hong was Kong. like wildly satisfying. I remember I got I I got like a like a like a Americanized fucking like chimichanga. And this like Hong Kong Mexican place, and I got like a beer, and I'm eating it, and we're in like a dark corner of this restaurant <laughs> near the bathrooms, and I'm eating this meal, and I look at Michael, and in my head I'm like, I'm having a wonderful meal with my best friend. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, too dude. good. Ben, excellent question. Shout out to Nisos one, super cool. I think uh, the one next to it we can probably tackle pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, this comes to us from Duchess underscore Crandall. Thoughts on Grand Seiko 9F watches? I really like the idea of an easy service. I love the Grand Seiko 9F quartz movements. All iterations of them. The three-handers, the fucking blah, 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 the GM2, all of them. All of them. I think they're incredible because anyone that tries to say, oh, yeah, the quartz movement in the Timex is the same as these, like, you know, Grand Seikos. It's all just gears and a battery. That person needs to be shot in the mouth. Okay, because that's a stupid fucking thing to say. So I should just disclaimer: please don't shoot anyone in the mouth if they say that to you. This is a this is an entertainment show, not some sort of cult broadcast. Don't play this show backwards. <laughs> um, the level of of quality and effort that goes into those nine of courts movements that the general public has no idea about is fucking insane. And the day. Seiko in their crazy push to become more autological and the day that Grand Seiko decides, oh, we're not making courts because watch collectors only want mechanical movements is the day I will officially say I hate Seiko. You know <laughs> what I mean? That is the, that will be, if Grand Seiko ever says, oh, we're not going to do you know, courts anymore, the true orological uh, uh, path for us is mechanical movements, that's the day I'll hate Seiko. Yeah, spring drive everything. I, I like. I also like the idea. This might sound kind of cocky, but I think, I think a Grand Seiko, nine F is the snobbiest two broke watch snobs watch. Yes, I think. I think you'd never get excommunicated from 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 this community for for having that. I, I feel. I feel like you would reach Nirvana yeah, in in our space. 
So that's yeah, that's 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 our views. We love them. If you have any inclination towards them, definitely give it a shot. If you have a boutique or an AD or whatever near you, go and definitely um, play around with them. Yeah, we're very I, I, pro. Very pro nine F. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised or pleased yeah. rather. Uh, let's see here. Uh, eh, I don't want to do that one. I want to do a. I want to do a watch one. Oh God! <laughs> can I? Can I? There's one here that's directed to me specifically. Can I? Can I do this really quick? Yeah, go for it. One watch, two watch, three watch, uh, and then it just cuts off. I guess man, one watch, two watch, three watch, man. You know who you are, Kaz. He asks, your Orient Xmas Chrono or your Orient Star GMT? Pick one. Mm. Orient Christmas Chrono. Next question. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, GMT. <laughs> The Christmas I'm glad, I'm glad I went in that direction. Yeah, it's just I love both of them, but if you ch- told me to choose one, I'm choosing the Christmas Chrono. <laughs> so, that's just how it is. Uh, I'm cool with the next tile. Yeah, let's do it. Let's see here. God damn it, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not answering that. That's you horrible. Want, I, this one's fun from um, about strongest watch opinion. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a great one. Dear, uh, here, you, you, you do it. I read the last one. So from Cincy Watches, we get uh, what's the strongest watch opinion you used to have that you've since changed your mind? Uh, this one's easy for me. Uh, anything Royal Oak is fugly. I remember getting into watches and just thinking, what the hell are these things? Why would anyone ever want to wear this? Yeah. Um, both for the traditional Genta on bracelet models and the offshore stuff. Um, I hated it. I just, I just did not, did not get it. And for some reason over the years, it just started to make sense. Uh, and I think that kind of climaxed when, when I was in, in Vegas and I got to try one on and both, both, uh, 15400 and then the offshore diver that was your you just, that was your you, road to damascus yeah yeah it really it finally just clicks for you yep. um so that that would be mine but i i was just what the hell are these things at first <laughs> did, did not get them at all huh for me and i think it's one that's actually pretty common still with a lot with majority of people and only recently that i've by recent i mean within the past like year or so that i've realized it's really dumb bezel clicks i mm. used to be so if a watch had do you i'll tell you a specific story in a second if a watch had really weak bezel clicks oh this is cheap this is a dumb watch. i'm not buying this watch the watch you could be clicks, perfect clicks in your dreams you know what i mean like this is like 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 i want for some reason how hefty the watch click is analogous to the size of my penis you know what i mean like i need heavy beefy clicks because i'm a manly man like that was even though I didn't use those words, that's what I was doing. My fragile masculinity was flaring. My spidey sense was going <laughs> off because the bezel click didn't enforce my very fragile masculinity. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have since changed my mind. Uh, do you remember the first time I, I told the story I ever interacted with the Diver 65? Yeah. I love that watch. I saw images of it. I'm like, this is great. I love this watch. I can't wait to interact with it. I interacted with it at one of the windups and I picked it up and it was beautiful and it was great. And I turned the bezel and it was like, 
it was kind of a, like a thin click. It wasn't a very substantial, beefy click. Like it, it, because I think I had I had clicked that bezel after I went and played around with like the bezels over at the Raven booth, the Raven and oh, Stevrol yeah. booth, which are very clicky. Okay. Yeah. The very clicky bezel, and then I went and cl- clicked the Diver sixty five, and I instantly hated it. I'm like, this is, this is stupid. My day is ruined. <laughs> this is a stupid fucking waiter. There, waiter. There's a penis in my soup. Like this, this is a stupid fucking. <laughs> this is a stupid fucking. Wa- I was so mad. And then I had a really weird interaction with the rep. I don't know if you got. I, I don't know how many OG TBWS listeners we have anymore. But um, uh, I was talking to the Oris rep, and I was and I, we were talking about like water resistance or something. And and I was I was holding the Diver sixty five, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool, Diver sixty five. 100 meter like water resistance so you you know you can dive with then the rep goes oh no i wouldn't get that wet i wouldn't dive with that watch you know what i mean got divers in the name it says it says diver on it man you are a horrible rep (laughs) i hope you got super fired (laughs) it says diver all right that's like me buying a playboy it's like it's just it's just a full it's a kb toys catalog that'd be fucking annoying (laughs) There's only recipes in here. There's only recipes. This is just this is 400 overnight oats recipes. <laughs> Ten I th- recipes. I thought I was <laughs> buying a. I thought I was buying a Playboy. <laughs> I also enjoy how much in the past 60 seconds I dated myself. Playboy magazine, KB Toys magazines. First of all, <laughs> I don't think any of those things are even around anymore. <laughs> I don't think any of those things are around anymore. Also, recipes. Don't recipes. Grubhub everything. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think for me, it's the bezel click thing. I don't give a shit anymore. If I pick up yeah. a watch and I love it and the bezels don't have super meaty clicks, I'm like, oh, that's cool. It doesn't click. Yeah. And then I go on with my life. I'm like, it's still a cool watch, you know? So for me, that's, yeah, that's definitely it for me. Bezel clicks. That's the one I've, I've pivoted on the most. Totally. Yeah. What else is here? Uh, Oh, this is a fun one. The same tile, very last one. Okay, I can read this one. Yeah. So this comes from her lost watch. That's sad. Um, Do your your wives ever borrow your watches? Um, For me, not so much anymore. Um, We, so for for her job she has to make sure that there's nothing on her person yeah. that could be easily grabbed uh and pulled with force yeah. um considering the patient population um so she's a med- you know, let's just let's just qualify she's a medical professional in case no one's aware she, it's not like she works in the streets she's a medical yeah. professional <laughs> that's true that's true that's true yeah. um so for a while, she did reach for the um, the Traska a lot. I remember, yeah. Um, but not so much anymore. Also, I will say that that she she's not necessarily a wind the watch and set it kind of person. Yeah. Um, I, I I think so, I think Court's convenience would probably work work better for her. Um, I remember she she just she would really want to wear a watch and then reach for it and just be like oh it's not set you know can you can you do this for me right. um so maybe maybe quartz quartz would be better but that that does kind of worry me um maybe she needs something with a jb champion bracelet 
<laughs> Easy breakaway. Right. But uh, not so much anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, similar boat. I think my wife used to borrow, not like have like, she wouldn't like grab random watches. There was like a couple she would gravitate towards if it worked with like an outfit of hers. But more typically, she would borrow or wear one of my watches if we were on like vacation or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. But not typically. Not typically. Yeah. Especially because we haven't gone on vacation forever. Like, no one's going anywhere. Yeah. You know, so. Actually, let me ask her. Hey, babe. Yeah? The, one of the Q&A questions, someone's asking if our wives ever borrow our watches. You, you sometimes borrow. Like, not in a while, but you used to borrow, like, some watches. Outfit, but the problem is when I'm not furloughed and in quarantine. She works at Disney. She, uh, she worked at Disney. Yeah, layoff pending. Um, so, and I specifically worked in food and beverage, so I can't have anything on my hands or my wrists or anything. So I'm not used to wearing watches. That's so funny. Anything. Neither of our wives can wear watches for work for completely different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, both of us are. Both of us are in a profession where we have to constantly wash our hands, like every two seconds. Yeah. We have to constantly wash our hands. Well, for for Nora, she has to be careful. She has, she has nothing like grabbable on her. Oh, that too. You know what I mean? So. Oh yeah. Cause, so. Because of the specific medical field, that makes total sense. Yeah. But no, for me, it literally has to do with hand washing. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I can wear it when I'm facilitating ed classes. I can I can get you Diver sixty five. You can get it wet. Sorry, that's a that's a callback to a joke you didn't hear earlier. Oh, no, so I you heard it. okay? I, good. I'm literally on the other side of the door. I heard the entire episode. That's okay, good. Minus what my. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're only getting half of it. Too good. So like, I could wear things when I was like facilitating, but then, but Disney because of our company dress code, I'm limited, but I'm not limited. Yeah. Where when I'm not in costume. Yeah, it's kind. More of the story. It's complicated. It's complicated. Hashtag work life. <laughs> they can hear you, Michael. Can you hear? Her? Yeah, yeah. Can it's actually coming out pretty, okay. pretty clear. So it wasn't I... just, it wasn't just forty seconds of dead air. They, they can hear you. This would be a terrible terrible show. Just Mike and I just didn't look at each other. Um, okay, but cool. I hope that answers the question. That answers the question. Cool. All right. Where are we? I. Th- what the fuck is this? I don't know. I think I'm okay. Go to the next tile. Let's see. Hmm. I can probably tackle some of these. Yeah, if you see one you like, go for it. Um, let me just make sure I don't <laughs> sound like an idiot. Uh, there's a great one on here. One sec. Let me just let me just make sure that I I'm not living in an alternate reality. Um. Okay, cool. So I'm going to take this one from Faricus. Faricus. Okay. Best metal bracelets under a hundred bucks. I'm going to go Uncle Seiko. I think pretty consistently all of his stuff is well under a hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, I used to have that Z199. I honestly kind of miss it. Oh, man, I miss, that's right. I miss the bracelet and the watch that I sold it with a little bit. Um but yeah, I, you know, for the for the divers, the Seiko divers, I see sixty nine bucks, eighty nine bucks, seventy nine, 
Uh, and also recently he ventured into doing bracelets for Speedmasters. Mm. Let's see what other brands he supports. <clears throat> Omega, Longines. Um, yeah. Modern Seiko, Vintage Seiko. So if you're in the Seiko space, definitely these are some of the best. Seiko nice. and Omega. Yeah. I think, I think that's totally fair. Uh, I like the one next to it, actually, because I can round this out. I can round that one pretty quick. You mind if I jump yeah. on that one? Go for it. So user peck7524 uh, asks, what's the best advice for vintage watch collecting? I can sum it up as succinctly as I can do um, in this way. You are not rewarded in vintage watches for how much you spend. You're rewarded for how much you know. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to get into vintage watch collecting, don't see money as your first hurdle. It's knowledge. You have to know what looks right, what looks wrong, what kinds of questions to ask, especially if you're doing it through eBay. Um, I have saved so many people having buying fake Sovia watches because I said, hey, this picture looks a little off. Ask the, ask the seller about XYZ. Ask the right. seller if they did XYZ. You have to. Ask, you can't just be like, "Oh yeah, certainly a watch, twenty dollars." You know what I mean? Like you, like you have to have to ask questions. You're not rewarded for how much you spend. You're rewarded for how much you know. That's the best advice I can give for vintage watch collecting. For sure. Any other <laughs> nuggets of wisdom? Because you're not super, you're not super into vintage watches. I, you know, that that's pretty much as high level as I think we should go. Other than yeah. that, pretty obvious. Find dealers that you trust. Um, yeah and really probably invest more time thinking about the dealer you're going to go for and less time thinking about how cool you're going to look with this <laughs> like it's almost more important to think about the dealer than anything else right. once you really settle on a dealer um you can just go ham because you know that's you don't have to worry about that and you can just enjoy the purchase and that step in collecting yeah truth 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 i love the one underneath it that's great. This this one's fantastic. <laughs> this you, one you're, you're comes. <laughs> this one comes from Sandwich Time Channel. Yep. Uh, and the question is, whose SATs would you rather cheat off of, Tim Masso or Spencer Klein? <laughs> both both very bright men. Yes. Um, both I have, military I, men, if I'm not mistaken, too. I, I I have an answer, and I could totally be incorrect, even though I know this is an opinion one. But should, should, should I say my answer while you're while you're thinking about yours? Go for it. Go for it. Tim Masso, for two reasons: uh, clear enunciation while whispering all day. Okay. <laughs> that guy enunciates like there's a gun to his head. Okay. <laughs> And if I'm in like a cheating, whisper, diehard scenario, I don't want someone, I want someone who whispers to me to be very fucking clear with their consonants and their vowels. And you know what I mean? Uh, The second reason, I feel like the breadth of knowledge just across brands might be in Tim Masso's favor. I mean, I could be wrong, but I think Spencer Klein, obviously it's a lot of vintage watches with a kind of large preference towards what like Seiko's and Rolex's, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Some Omega too, yeah. So if I were to choose that, I would choose Tim for enunciation purposes while whispering and um, just breadth of knowledge. I can get behind that. I can get behind Tim Masso for those reasons. Yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, I'm going to get him a drink of water because he always sounds so thirsty. <laughs> I don't... 
Like he has to get like someone to come and like do like the boxers in between rounds, like the bottle with like the pipette at the end of it, and they just like squirt water in his mouth when he's between videos. We got we got to start a campaign. Hashtag get Tim Maso a drink of water because he just sounds so thirsty. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. Huh. All right. Um, are there any other ones on here that are worth addressing? I like this. Um, still pretty good on time. Yeah, we're good. Um, From it's Dan Harrison. How do you budget? How do you budget saving for a new watch? What What are you prepared to go without? What are What are you prepared to go without to get that new piece? So I'm I'm guessing the question is, how do you basically budget, save, and prepare for a new watch purchase? Um, You know, a lot of times with like the larger more expensive pieces um you know i i do consolidate um i i kind of know my price range i make sure that i'm not going to be financially destroyed uh i like i like to go into a watch purchase at the very least knowing that i could just immediately knock off a huge chunk of it because i do use i i know a lot of people just dive into that affirm deal mm. <laughs> like bro dinky has a lot of jokes about it um the afferns the affirm statement so um, i have used paypal credit before but i i won't get into something where i can't immediately just knock out more than half about half of it and then yeah. if it's i think paypal credit gives you like six months no interest and then i've typically always just wrapped it up during that period mm. So okay. Maybe not the most fiscally responsible way of doing things, but I, I do at the very least try to make sure that I get rid of some stuff. So the advice that I would give, I'll build on some previous work that TBWS contributor extraordinaire Jason Tricoli has done. Jason Tricoli wrote a really fine piece, uh, How to Survive the Watch Hobby, Heart and Mind and Conflict, where he basically talks about understanding price evaluation, how much a watch is worth in relation to other parts of your life, and while it doesn't directly respond to budgeting and saving, the piece is really, really cool to check out because it helps put into perspective the question of, do I actually need to spend XYZ on a watch if I'm initially uncomfortable with spending XYZ? If I feel like I need to sacrifice vital parts of my life or my everyday living situation to afford a watch that's XYZ dollars, is that really the most appropriate thing you know, for me to be doing. So hence the title that he wrote here, you know, How to Survive the Watch, Hobby, Heart, and Mind, and Conflict. It's actually a really, really great read. Um, more practically day-to-day to answer your question, it's Dan Harrison. You know, it'd be great if his name wasn't Dan Harrison. His name was just like, his name was just like, like John, you know? Um, to, to, to more properly, uh, rather than answer Dan Harrison, um, how would you budget watching for new watch? What are you prepared to go without to get that new piece? anything it's 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 the same situation you find yourselves when you're budgeting for anything i am used to going to the grocery store and uh paying extra for fucking fruit loops well even though it's not a crazy amount buy the generic fruit o's like buy off brand um anything that feels like a snack that's not a necessary meal purchase cut it out Anything where you could potentially not drive uh, and walk there instead, cut it out. 
And it's one of those things where if you shave off a little bit from a lot over the course of period of time, depending on what your target aim is for to save, you will get there. Mm-hmm. But only if you do it in relation to the advice that Jason Tricoli offers in his piece, How to Survive the Watch Hobby, Hard Mind and Conflict, and where you place that purchase in an appropriate place in relation to where your life actually is. If I'm making $15,000 a year, I'm not about to sit here and try to save $8,000 for a Rolex. That's fucking stupid. I'd have to slit my own throat and not live for eight months. <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, oh, okay, the only way I'm going to afford this Rolex is if, I, is if I eat a fucking bullet and just not pay rent for however many months or whatever the fuck. I don't, I'm not good with numbers. And then eventually I get there and I'm just, I'll just come back to life. You know what I mean? So like that kind of process. So in terms of budgeting tips, it's the same budgeting tips for anything, anything that could be cut out, anything where you can replace financial equity with sweat equity, do it. And then eventually, depending on what you're trying to save up for, you know, you'll get there as long as it's reasonable. Good call. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm cool to move on to the next tile. Let's see. <clears throat> God damn it. <laughs> Top left. You want, that's, that one's for you. This one's for me. This one comes to us from Kevin BEC77, who's a bit of a smartass, apparently. Will Kaz <laughs> ever become a beekeeper? No, Kevin. I don't think I will. <laughs> uh, Kevin is making light of the fact that I was stung on the nipple by a bee in Hong Kong and have not forgotten it since. That's the joke. That's what you get for eating Mexican food. That's what, I get for, <laughs> that's what I get for eating Mexican food with my best friend. A bee stings you on the nipple. Hashtag that TBWS life. Um, great question, but no, Kevin. I have no uh, aspirations to become uh, a beekeeper. I think I'd rather eat fucking glass then uh, become a beekeeper. Still have pretty painful memories attached to that situation. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Ba, 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 ba. What else is on here that we can do? You see any you like? Uh, <laughs> Last one, bottom left, is interesting. Is, okay, let's see. So this comes from Apricert or a. App, Welcome right. to my world. I have no idea who these fucking people are. <clears throat> yeah. Is Seiko doing the Rolex thing and trying too hard to move up market with pricing? Uh, I think, so I think both brands are trying to move up market. Uh, I think Rolex did it less so with pricing and more so with really nurturing this sense of artificial scarcity. Mm-hmm. Seiko might be doing it definitely with price. Rolex went a different way about it. They just completely, I think, siphoned off supply artificially to create this sort of this this era of panic in in Rolex collecting and just yeah. casual Rolex. You can't just, I know, casual Rolex buying is kind of a ridiculous thing to say, but you know, it's it. They really needed. I think they needed to become. Elevated in the sense that they were closer to the AP, closer to to Vacheron, closer to to Patek. Um, Rolex was by far, mm. I think, maybe internally they were thinking they were becoming way too common and attainable, uh, which didn't necessarily uh, match consistently with like their vision for the Rolex name. Yeah, 
So I, I think they did it. They, they were a bit more sinister in how they uh, positioned themselves higher up market. I think Seiko is doing it, I think, more with, with price. I My interpretation is that Seiko, so to answer the question, Seiko is trying to move up, up market with pricing, but they're trying to actually put something that they think is worth that price increase in the watches. Yeah. Whether it's like new innovations or new materials or an interesting design quirk, or um, I know they keep hammering the Zeratsu polishing thing. So I think they're trying to move up market with pricing, but to also offer something to make that pricing quote unquote relatively worth it. Mark my words, I think what might happen is that in a few years, several years, Seiko is going to realize, hey, we don't have to actually do anything more and we can still just keep charging more money. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're getting Sapphire, but you're still getting misaligned chapter rings. And you paid eight hundred dollars for a sumo. Isn't that a, isn't isn't that a design feature? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Or is it not? I don't know. So yeah, I to to, to answer your question, a prasert, a pra, a p r a s e e r t. You know who the fuck you are. Um. Yes, but with the qualifier of I think they're trying to make they're trying to offer something that they think is appropriate for that price increase. But mark my words, I think eventually they'll realize, hey, people are gonna buy this shit no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. The real issue, the real situation will become if Seiko ever tries to recreate this artificial scarcity thing that Rolex does. That, to me, will be much more of an egregious or logical sin. Yeah. Great business practice or logical sin. <laughs> uh, good question. Um, let's see. We have a few more minutes. We can try to get in a couple more. Let's, let's move over to the last tile. I think the next one is the last tile. Oh, you're right. Okay, let's see here. Perfect. There's- there's some we can knock out here pretty quick. Oh, this one, this first one's for you. This also comes from one watch, two watch, three watch, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Mike, you're a Doxa or Tudor GMT? Pick one. Gun to my head, Doxa. Bam. Next question. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> I also like this one from Watch Medicine. The most important life question. Pour cereal before milk or pour milk before cereal? I'm going to pour the cereal first and yes. then the milk because I'm not a cereal killer. The other kind of cereal. I'm not a savage because the thing is I cannot – I can. so if we're talking about volume distribution in relation to a liquid versus a solid, I will always get more solid in the bowl if I put the solid first. If I put the liquid first, I will never get as much solid in the bowl as I need to without it spilling over. So if I put my solid in the bowl first, which is my fucking cereal like God meant it to be – and then put my milk in, like God meant it to be. That to me is the perfect experience. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a war crime. Um. <laughs> Next question. What do we got here? Um, oof. The the next one is kind of funny because yeah. I think it's so absurd to us. So this comes from Watch Squatch. How do you feel about your role as influencers uh, for other watch media? I don't think either of us believes that we are influencers in any sense of the word <laughs> yeah so. i'm not sitting here i made I, I i did a balance cog bugle post with that watch uh youtube reviewer who tried to pay his rent with watches i'm not sitting here ending every podcast with yo guys just use the code blame dog 24 on undone watches for your 10 percent off you know what i mean like i don't think um so i think there's there's, there's two parts of the influencer thing the first part is, Michael, you and I 
have no aspirations or intentions or inclinations to be watch influencers. But there's the passive aspect of that where inevitably we kind of are. Yeah. In our in our slaying of the big zero market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just the fact that sometimes when we talk about stuff and the fact that so many people listen to this show, it just makes its way out there. So I don't necessarily think it's appropriate to say we're... Uh... Oh, hold on. I've misread this question. How do you feel about your role as influencers for other watch media? Watch media? Like other watch blogs and uh, stuff? Okay. Fuck them. That's uh, what I say. Yeah. I yeah. guess so. Fuck everyone. People copy off us. Who cares? <laughs> punk rock, dude. It's fun. We are not fucking jazz. We are punk. That teach fucking jazz at Juilliard. All right. If I could use a Silicon Valley quote. <laughs> so, <sighs> what about the one to the right? I think we can make it our last one. It's tough, but do you think we can do it quickly? Next watch, you plan to purchase or sell. From our friend MK Filmmaker. MKE Filmmaker. <sighs> you want to go first or shall I? Next watch you plan to purchase or sell. You know what? I think for me... Mm, oh, shit. I don't know. You chose this question. We didn't have to do this. This is... This you, is rolled, you rolled that stone on yourself as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. <laughs> I think the next watch that I plan to purchase, I kind of want to get my marathon back. Not my marathon back. I kind of want to get another one of those resin case marathons. Okay. Uh, so I've been thinking about that um, as like a sort of buddy buddy watch to the one that I have on wrist now. I think it'd be kind of cool. I like that. Next watch, I plan to purchase Omega Railmaster. And we'll leave it at that. Find out more on episode. <laughs> I've talked about it on air before. It's one of That's the things the that I'm working on here. Um, do you want to quickly try and address the one beneath it? Just because it just it might be a fun note to end on. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Also from MKE Filmmaker, if the world ever reopens, is the couch surfing tour still a go? I don't know. And that's the honest answer. I don't, I don't know. Um, we were supposed to do the TBW's couch surf tour this year. If you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, we were literally going to do a couch surf tour. Um, go to cities around the country, probably six or seven of them over the course of the year that represented the highest concentration of TBW's listeners. And couch surf, record a show in someone's fucking home and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and do that. Uh, but then obviously, you know, that's not the smartest thing to be doing during a pandemic so yeah um i don't know that's the honest answer i would love to do it but i don't know if it's the safest thing for everyone involved us the folks homes we're going to everything so yeah that's some things will have, some things will have to change i do still love the idea oh it's great it's yeah. so fucking funny it's a live live taping of an episode some people have classes on how to take Instagram photos with your branded Leicas. Other watch podcasts sleep in the homes of their fucking listeners, eating their Wheaties and recording a show. <laughs> Punk rock fucking watch podcast, Michael. Okay. On that note, 
I think it's time. Is it that sad time? It's a whirlwind. I love the the kind of <laughs> impromptu Q and A pivot that we made. These yeah. these are always great. It's been a while. Um, yeah, maybe we should just just do more. Maybe we should do these friggin' monthly. Who knows? Um, hey, if people want it, if people want to hear them, cool. You know. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that submitted questions. Thank you to everyone whose questions we called out. If you submitted a question and we didn't get to it, don't worry. Um, I saved these. We're saving all of these. Eventually, we'll get to it. Maybe what I'll try and do actually is um, probably respond to everyone on Instagram, mm. um, the best I can. You know. Yeah. But I, I think with that, is it that sad time? I think it's that sad time. It's that sad time. Great episode. We'll be back again soon. Yeah. All right. You 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 start closing us out. I'll 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 I'll, I'll slam the door on us. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. Later. Later.